Father, we come before you. We ask that you have your way. We ask you to do your own thing. And that you move in your own special way. As we come to speak, as we come to hear, as we come to clap our hands, as we come to dance, in all our doing, God, may you get the glory tonight. Father, we ask, oh God, as your word comes forth, may it not be I that speak it, but may it be your spirit that comes forth. And may it come in its power and its might. That lives will be transformed. Lives will be changed. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Before you sit down, just shake your neighbor and say, neighbor, get ready for the move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I see some people don't look happy. Look to somebody who you know looks happy. And tell them, neighbor, get ready for the move of the Holy Ghost. Look to somebody else and say, neighbor, get ready to go deep. Amen, 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 amen. It's such an honor to be here tonight. It's such an honor to be here tonight. I thank God for the opportunity to finally worship with Charlottesville. Um, and, and, and just to even be here, right? You know, I, I come around here and I'm just going straight to Pastor Kwame's house. But, you know, I'm finally now coming to actually be a part of service and not just be a part, but to give God's word. It's such an honor to give God's word anywhere. But to do it in your own father's house is such a blessing. So God bless you for the honor. Thank you for allowing me to be uh, a part of this convocation you could have chosen a lot of other people that you know um, but you, you you gave me the opportunity by the grace of God may God bless you for that you know I, I believe in honor I believe in a lot of spiritual things and I believe honor is one of them if you want to go high in life you must honor those who have gone before you and are doing what you would also want to do and a man of God I honor you so much Pastor Emmanuel Kwafo, God bless you so much. And it's good to see you and the family and the wife and the kids. I mean, the kids are here too. So the kids. Is there another one coming or something? No one? Okay. Sometimes there's a particular anointing. It's called a pregnancy anointing. That comes. So when you, when you feel it, it may be, hey, you don't know. Somebody may end up pregnant tonight. Who knows? Amen. Who knows? Tonight. Only those who are married, I beg. No, this is not a not everybody that is has the legal right to get pregnant some fall in that category amen before before i, I preach i want to just do something again I, t- I told you i believe in honor and um, be, um and before, also the the the, the father the, the archbishop is also here yes um elder robert this man of god when i was young put his jacket over me and i believe it's i'm seeing the residue now what I'm doing and this man of God is a church planter he's a man that has an apostolic mantle and anointing that he can go to a place make sure the place is running go to the next place make sure another place is running it takes a grace to do that hallelujah so we want to honor the man of God Elder Robert the father of Pastor Kwame God bless you so much daddy and so for mommy can you please bring something I, I have to honor this man of God and this is on behalf of you know, um, Nana Abana, if you can come here with me. This is on behalf of true worshippers. You know, I've done my own thing at the house, but we wanted to honor the man of God. If you can open it for me, and you know, we want to just bless God for His life, and we wanted to just present true worshippers. Wanted to present a painting to you, and we just wanted to say, man of God, we love you. We we we, we love you so much. Oh, is that is that all you can do for your man of God? Is that all you can do for your man of God? Amen, amen, amen. And we, we just want to say we love you. And man of God, we, 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 we. You know, you know, people don't know. True worshipers, right? You don't, people don't understand that it costs almost about $32,000. The average, $32,000. That's not money I have in my account. But God sends destiny helpers to be great people to support. And I believe from the beginning when we started this, this man of God was with us. Even when he had a program, that same day we had our program, he still made sure if his, he couldn't be there physically, his money was there in the spirit. Hallelujah. So, man of God, we bless you so much for all you've done for our ministry and myself. And it's just a token. You can post it in your, in your house, your office. I don't know. Whatever you want to do with it. Just make sure the money doesn't stop flowing. Amen. 
That's all. There are more paintings, more paintings, more gifts. More things we can do. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let's go straight into the word of God. Amen. Or now that all protocol has been observed, we're going to go straight to the word of God. And we also want to thank the uh, the pastor's wife, the first lady, um, first lady um, Evelyn Boating. Uh, can we clap for her as well? And uh, amen. And then also the first lady of, of the Lynchburg branch. So we want to also bless them. I also want to um, honor all the leaders of this house and also the Lynchburg house. May God bless you for pushing the vision going forward. Your labor shall never be in vain. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 verse 16. It's the, it's, it's, it's the, um, the themes. I'm sure we've read it many times. We already know what it is. But I believe that God has a word for us today that he's calling us to another level. Hallelujah. Oh, I guess you didn't hear me. I said God is calling us to another level. Oh, I guess there's only five people that want to stay. God is calling us to another level. I guess there's only one person that can, is happy to go to another place. I said God is taking us to another level. Amen, amen, amen. And only those who believe it can attain it. The Bible says that the great leaders attained it by faith. By faith. So we do not attain by, by putting our hands on it. We first believe and then it becomes ours. So when we say we're going to another level, you must be able to see it, believe it, and then it's in your hands. Hallelujah. So, so, so I want us to respond to this and say that, that the Lord is taking us to a deeper level, a higher place in him. And the word he's given me today is to help propel us to that another level. Because we have been in the same place for far too long. And I'm, I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, we have become bored of the same level. And if we're talking about the fullness of God, God can never be attained in one person's lifespan. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Well, let's read John, John 1 verse 16. It says, for from his fullness, somebody say fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Hallelujah. The word I want to concentrate on tonight is fullness, fullness. When something is full, it's, it's, up, it's, it's, it's reached its capacity. But we must understand that our God is a God full of fullness. He himself is also full, but no one man can spend his lifetime attaining the understanding of our God. So when we talk about his fullness, nobody really, on this earth, can really understand God fully. No matter, even if you were born out of your mother's womb on day one, and you decided as an infant, you would give your life to Jesus, and you went on a 40-day fast as a one-month-old baby. <laughs> and then you died at the age of 435 years old. Even if you gave all your days to God, you will not be able to understand who God is, because he's just that great. He's too much to even comprehend. Hallelujah. So I always tell people, in God, we never arrive. We only progress. So for any believer that will tell you that they have arrived in God, it means that they're just a lazy believer. Now, this is a Christmas convocation. We could be talking about the birth of Jesus. But I, I, when I was preparing for this program and I read the verse and I saw the word fullness, we must talk about our relationship with God because Christ was only brought onto this earth as a baby and died as a man so that our relationship with God could be what God had intended from the beginning of time. So I want us to talk about our relationship with God. And that's why my message today is let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. I don't know about you, but for me, I've told my team this year, I'm tired of the same old status quo. I'm tired of the same level. I'm tired of doing the same thing. Man of God, you can ask Nana Abuna on my calendar for true worshipers. We have five 14-day prayer and fasting, midnight to 1 a.m. We want to see God's glory. We are tired of the same thing. God cannot give me a thousand people that are young to meet in one place and the Holy Ghost does not move. 
I must come to a place whereby when I lift up my hands, I can automatically know that I'm in a realm that God has to automatically move. Look, now with how technology is going, ladies and gentlemen, if people want their answer, questions answered, they don't need professors. They can just go on Google and they can get the answers right away. So now what will make this generation know that there is a God? It takes the power of the Holy Ghost to move. The only way this generation can make... Look, I always tell people, we have medicine upon medicine, technology upon technology. But when a man dies, there is no type of science, there is no type of technology that can raise a man back to life. But I know a God that when he saw Lazarus in the tomb, he said, Lazarus, come out. And what? Lazarus came out. How did he come? By the power of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus decided that even at the age of 12, when his parents were looking for him, they said, where were you? He said, don't you know that I must be on my father's business? Jesus understood that he was on earth not to play games, but he was on earth for a mission. So he went deep in his God because he knew that if I spend 465 days on this earth and I can't even attain all of this God, then the small years I have, I must give him my all. If God is that fool, then I must take day one and take my spiritual life serious. Look, that is why in the Bible, we clearly see when the, the men of old, the great men of God were speaking about God, right? You can clearly see these great men, Elijah and all these great men. Let's talk about the, um, John the Revelator, right? The Bible says when he describes what he saw in heaven, he would use words like, and it was like, and it was like, and this was like. It means that even the high spiritual frequency that John the Revelator was in, he himself could not even clearly describe what he was seeing. It shows us that God is so big and so full. No matter how high you go, there's still another level. Look, when, if somebody asks me today, how does Pastor Kwame look? I can tell you definitely, I'm sure, he looks like this. If I have to say, he's like, he's like, you can see that there's some uncertainty that I have about what I'm talking about. But at the level at which John the Revelator was speaking in Revelations, he was, and it was like, because he knew that what he was seeing, he's never ever seen before. So he has to bring it to a place whereby we would understand here on earth. Like, it, it, it was like, it was like. And I read and I saw that in that same chapter, he said, I heard a voice and the voice said, come up higher so that I may show you what is to come. But what makes me laugh or what makes me think is that the, the Revelator, John the Revelator was already writing letters to the churches, telling him what Jesus was saying to the churches. What at all level is there again that we must see that God says, come up higher? Ladies and gentlemen, God is saying that you can never attain my fullness. But what you can do, you can get to some levels if you decide to go deep. That is why Paul said, after 35 years of ministry, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. How? After you, your shadow heals people and your napkin and you get bitten and you don't die and you can still say that I may know him. What at all else can we know about God? There are levels. That is why Enoch did not die. He was taken up. It's a level. Elijah did not die. He was taken up. It's a level. There are levels in life, but it depends on how serious you take God. Why is it that some can just lift up their hands and things begin to happen? Because they have achieved a realm that is not regular to man. So we say, why is it that we saw miracles in the days of old and we don't see it now? It's because we have become too dependent on technology and ourselves and our degrees. When God sees that you don't need him, he will just watch you. But a man that will sacrifice everything around him, God can use that person to do the impossible. But it depends on how deep you want to go in him.
Look to your neighbor and say, how deep do you want to go? No, look to your neighbor and say, how deep do you want to go? There are levels. Say there are levels. Say there are levels. Look, there are levels. The Bible says the disciples at the time saw a young man, saw somebody who was um, demon-possessed. They tried to cast the demon out. It didn't work. They went to their master and said, Jesus, why hasn't this thing worked? What's the issue? What's going on? Jesus told them that, look, this one comes by fasting and prayer. That's fine. But when you go to Acts and you talk about the man that was at the beautiful gate, and he says, I'm looking for money. The Bible says that the apostles looked at him and said, look, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and what? Walk. But my question is, what happened from the time they could not cast the devil out of the person into the place now that they have now something to give something happened something happened there are levels look they were walking with jesus at that time if anything when the person is around you should be able to do more and have more confidence and more faith but for some reason they were not able to capture it but something happened in between that time and the time they told the man to rise up and walk there are levels they went deeper in god so it does not make sense if I still see you at the same spiritual level like you were last year. It doesn't make sense. Because we, are all, look, we don't arrive. We all know that. But we progress. We progress, right? What happened? Why is it that now, now, they can tell somebody what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. The Bible says Jesus gave them instructions. He said, wait in Jerusalem. Wait so that the power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. So they went through a process. And some, look, let me tell you something. When they first saw Jesus, there were many people, but only a few went to wait. So in life, it's not every, look, I tell people, you may come to church and you may be around everything we do, around the worship, and that doesn't mean anything. Because there were disciples that were among Jesus, but couldn't cast it. It was even when they decided themselves that I want to operate in the realm that Jesus Christ operated in. And Jesus has given us the legal authority. He says, what I have done, you can even do greater, greater. There's a process. He said, you would even do what? Greater. But we must ask ourselves, why are we not doing greater? Look, if the city of Charlottesville was on fire for God, do you think those racist people would have been able to come and do something at this land? I'm asking you a question. If this city was on fire for God, look, there are places you enter and you can automatically feel the power and presence of God. That even when you walk into a place and you want to sin, you know that, no, 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 something is not, not here. You can walk into a home and you know, look, the presence of God is not limited to a chapel-looking place. Look, now the presence of God is in us, right? So when you go to a basketball gym and they play one day, they can be playing basketball from Monday to Friday. Saturday, they can be playing basketball. But on Sunday, a church can meet and the Holy Ghost can move in that place. So wherever people who are filled with God's power begin to meet, something must happen. So if nothing is happening in our assemblies, nothing is happening in our churches, it means that we are not going through the process. We are no longer wanting to desire to go deep. And we must ask ourselves the questions, why? Oh, look, I just want to give some few points on how we can go deeper. Look. And one way you can go deeper, or one indication that you're going deeper, is that you are always hungry for the word of God. You are always hungry. You are always hungry. Look, an apostle said this. He said that when you're sick, we have doctors here. We have, I'm sure, is there any doctor around? Any doctor? Medical. Medical. Okay, medical. Nurses. Any nurses? Anything like that? Please, put your hand up. No, I won't ask you for money. I'm not asking you to. Uh-huh. Not that I know I may ask you, but now I'm joking. But <laughs> it's like this guy's about to come and say sow a seed or something. Nah, I'm, just, I'm just asking to prove a point. 
When a person is sick, man of God, you are, you are a nurse, you are also a doctor nurse. So when somebody is sick, what is the number one indication that we can tell that somebody is sick? Like if somebody is, is sick, what is the number one symptom or, symptom or is that the right term? Symptom or indication that the person is sick? What is it? Okay, what, 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 is, what, what is the most obvious symptom for... for Okay, what is the one that, see, you me? I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you that temperature is hot or if it's cold. But there's something that everybody can tell that, no, this person is sick. What is that? Mm, you can't, I, I like that. I like that one. I like that. What, what else? They're weak. Okay. When you're around somebody and they begin to lose their appetite and they're no longer eating, then you can tell, tell it, this person something is going wrong. They don't want to take anything. They don't want to eat anything. They become sick. And the same thing for the spiritual. Whenever somebody tells you, let's go to church, you're like, mm, I don't want to go. Let's go for a I don't feel like. When you begin to lose your appetite for God, it is an indication that you have become sick. It's an indication that you have become sick. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. He wasn't mad. He wasn't upset. But he said, I was glad. Let us go. One thing I desire. That one thing that I will seek for. That I may dwell within his house and inquire in his temple. To behold the beauty of the Lord. David always hungered. Look, he was a hungry guy. He says, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longs oh, after you. Hunger is a major indication of where your drive is in life. The Bible says Jacob and Esau... They were both there. Esau was hungry. And Esau went to his brother. He said, hey, bro, I'm hungry. Make me some food to eat. His brother said, give me your birthright. He said, what is, your, what is a birthright when I'm hungry? The man was able to switch his destiny just because he was hungry. The issue here is that he was hungry for the wrong thing. But the Bible tells me, for those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, ah, my God will fill them. So he was hungry for the wrong thing, but we must be hungry for righteousness. Because when we are hungry for righteousness, then our destinies begin to switch. Whatever altar speaks for your family, whatever demonic or generational thing that is speaking, hunger can change that for you. The devil will never deal with anybody that is hungry for God. Because when you're hungry, you don't care what comes your way. Look, when I'm hungry and I don't like meat pie, but if I'm, if I'm hungry, I will eat meat pie. If I'm, if I'm thirsty and I don't like malt, I, when, I'm th when I see it right in front of me, I will open it and I will drink it. Why? It doesn't matter how it comes, but because I'm hungry, but because I'm thirsty, I will drink it, I will eat it. The same thing with God, no matter how he shows up, no matter what he does, no matter what trial and tribulation he takes you to, because you're hungry for him, you don't care what comes your way. So, we must go deep by our hunger. By our hunger. When, you see, you, when I see a hungry person, I know one. A man, hungry people, you can see it. One day you can see if they're not hungry, they're very happy, they're very like me. I mean, I'll use myself as an example. Me, I could be, if I'm sitting there mad like this, probably means I'm hungry. It probably means I'm hungry. So my mood, how I live my life, depends on my hunger. Some of you don't even like the job you're in. But you do it so that you'll be able to feed yourself so that you don't die of hunger. <laughs> so sometimes we get ourselves involved in things because of our hunger. But think about if the hunger was directed towards righteousness, the things that we'll find ourselves doing... If your hunger was directed towards the right things, your life wouldn't be where it is now. A hungry person, look, you can't tell a hungry person anything. If a person is hungry, say all your friends are fasting. You didn't sign up for the fast. You were the one, you came by yourself and you are there. 
Everybody can be like, we are fasting, we are praying. You don't you didn't sign up for it. You'll be complaining. Hey, I want I want my food. I want because they will know that this, this guy is hungry. So your mood, your everything, you can tell that no, this person is a hungry person. When the baby's hungry, the way they'll cry, ah. See, but just think about if our hunger was directed towards God, day in and day out, we will cry out unto him. Day in and day. When we notice that we haven't prayed the whole day, our mood will change and we'll be upset. No, I have to find a corner and pray. The Muslims, eh, when it's time for them to pray, no matter, look, Nova, Nova Central, we were doing a program. A Muslim guy came to our church to ask us, can he find a room just to pray? Think about it. He, moved, he came into a whole other spiritual dimension <laughs> from Islam to Christianity just to find a place to pray to his God. Ask a believer, would a believer do that? They'll be like, no, I'll just wait till I go. But a hungry person wouldn't care if they're on the subway. If they're in class, Professor, hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> look, look, see, you see, you see, the thing is that it's funny. But there's some people that live a life that you would think that they, they, I call them principalities. I don't call them regular people. People that hold levels in the spiritual realm, they don't have to be pastors. They are just regular people that love God and hunger for righteousness. Everything they do is different because they float on a different spiritual frequency. If they're a nurse, before they do anything, they'll pray, cry some way, but you won't even know that they're praying. Before the surgery even happens, you notice that things are even taken care of. How? Because they operate in a certain realm. You see, what I'm saying is strange, but I've come to the point that where I don't care. Look, a man that is hungry for God will not care about a job that they, I mean, a, a job that they wasted eight years to get a degree for, and if God says let it go, it wouldn't even be a fight. Oh, you said let it go, anything for you, because they have encountered God at a place whereby whatever God says, they'll do it. I like this saying. It says everything about you must encounter God. Your degree must encounter him. So when he says, let it down, follow me, you let it down because it's his. When he says, hold it, sometimes some people want to just prematurely do their own thing. And he says, no, no, hold it. Keep the degree. You need it for this. So by the time you get here, you know what you're doing. You say, yes, yes, daddy. Leave this job. I know it's paying you 120000 but I need you to be making $16 an hour to show you something. You say, Lord, if that's what you say, no problem. Your hunger for God will turn you against your parents. It will turn you against your family. It will turn you against your church leaders. I'm telling you, I'm not saying this to be rebellious to my past, I beg. But sometimes, if everybody was floating on a spiritual frequency, we would never have issues in the body of Christ. Because if God truly told you to leave and start a church or leave to do this or do your own thing, then me, who is a leader, should also pick it because the spirit is one. Right? So the unnecessary problems we have in church is because people are floating on a fleshly level. So they are, they are deciding for people against their... They are deciding for people in favor of their flesh and their emotions. But if everybody let it go because everybody was hungry for God, then there will be no issues. Because if God has said it, he must have been able to confirm it in your leader's life. And if your leader is also sharp, he will also say, yes, you go, here's money, go, start. I'll come and even visit you every time. But because now we are at a level of flesh, everybody does what they feel. You pick an education that you want because you know it makes money. Look, there's, there's this thing. Every, <laughs> people try to get me this. this um, not to offend anybody, I don't know, but uh, let me just say, you know, God, give me the bonus. There's this... <laughs> There's this thing, right? I don't know if it's here, but like in Northern Virginia, Dallas, there's this IT thing that everybody's popping on. Like IT is big, big, big. Everybody's making money. People are making money. 120,000, 150,000, even 200,000. But if they would dissect and tell you how they have to, what they have to do to get there, if you are hungry for God or something, you won't get yourself involved in. No, I'm telling you. Change your resume. Say you worked here. Do it like this. Do it like that. If God can give Sarah a child, at an old age, what is a job? 
if we believed what God says in the Bible and we think it's true, then what is your issue? If really it's true that water came and Noah had to build an ark and each, uh, two of each uh, animal went in, if you can believe that story, why can't you believe God for your own small situation? There's some stories that sound weird. If you believe the Bible, believe him for your situation. Do you get me? I hope I haven't offended anybody. I hope I haven't offended anybody. But I want us to operate at a level whereby we are spirit-filled people. That we hunger for the right things. Because it's too much carnality that we're seeing. Too much. And there's so much of God that we don't have to fake it. Why fake it if we can make it? Like, like why? There's so much in him that you can operate in. Why, why fake the thing now? I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's, you know, I've noticed some, some people, um, just gave me an example. Sometimes when I see certain things, I get some examples. Um, if this was a, a, Coke, a Coke bottle, right, and we'll shake it. When I was a kid, I liked malt, right? So I'll be shaking malt when I was a kid, and then when I shake it, right, like it will come out, right? And, I'm, you know, <laughs> as a kid, you'd be like, you know, just try to lick every part of the, the fuzz that's coming, right? Then you notice that, Charlie, there's nothing really inside of the, the fuzz. The drink is really in the inside of the, of the container, the real thing. But because we're young, because we're, like, immature, we just want to see the, the right? And I've come to realize that as believers, we have, we've, our flesh, fleshly people are like the, 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 the bottle that when we open they make a lot of noise, a lot of excitement. Hey, jumping, just, you know, jump, all this stuff. And then you realize that there's really nothing in this person. There's nothing. It's, it's really the ones who don't have to tell you that I'm a pastor. We see it already because we see that God is moving in you. It's not the ones who are just, oh, you know, see, they're the ones who are trending. No, 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 no. The real, I just saw something, Carmelo Anthony had this new um, brand, um, clothing brand. It's called um, Famous Nobodies. Famous Nobodies. And then I thought about it. I said, sometimes there are some famous nobodies that we don't know about yet that God is hiding because their hunger is in the right place. So when they come out and they operate in a certain level, you ask yourself, where did they come from? God was hiding them, teaching them the ethics, teaching them how to walk with him, teaching them how not to love money, teaching them how to be faithful, teaching them how to be holy. So when they step out, it's a whole nother level. David fought his bears and his lions in, in the dark. Nobody knew. So when he stepped out to fight Goliath, and even King Saul, who was a premier warrior, could not even fight. They were asking, how can this small boy do it? Because in the bush, he was hungry for God. He was looking for God. It was only God. It was only God that he cared about. So when he stood in front of Goliath, he said, who is this foolish Philistine that is talking about my God? And God gave him the power to overcome because he was hungry for God. Hallelujah. Amen. The next one is trials and tribulations. Trials and tribulations. Embracing your trials and tribulations would help you go deeper. Sometimes we have believers now, we give up so easily. After something happens, it's over. Then we begin to ask God the next three, four, five years of our life, Father, where did I go wrong? And God tells you that I had everything in order. You're the one that backed out. But I believe this is a generation that will stand through the fire. The Bible says, There I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. When you have knowledge that God walks with you, then you are able to stand against your enemies. That is why in Daniel the Bible says, For they that know their God shall be strong. Not only that, but then also do exploits. You see people who are weak, people who don't do anything for God, it's because they do not have knowledge about the God that they're serving. When God wants to introduce them to another level, another 
process. They say, Lord, I can't do this, and they step away. So they only know God as the God that saves. When other people know him as the God that heals, the God that makes a way, the God that makes the impossible possible. There are levels to it, but if you keep backing out every time God introduces you to a level, you will never ever see the depth of God's glory. You will never see it. If Joseph would have given up in the pit, he would never saw the palace. It's a step. You must understand that if you decide to walk in the realm of the spirit, to be a spirit-filled person, to be a person that wants the fullness of God, you will be attacked by this world. Because what we do in this realm is different from what the people do in this world. I'm telling you, it's different. So they'll fight you. When your friends do that, you're like, I don't want to do that. When they want to do I don't want to do this. They'll call you names. They'll talk about you. They'll cancel you. But know that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you should fear nothing. But the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are fixed on the righteous. It does not mean that he's, he's just watching over you. But when we say that he's fixed over the righteous, it means that everything that he has planned for your life He's watching to ensure that that thing must come to pass. So he's fixed, making sure that if you were supposed to get in that car, that's supposed to get in an accident. He'll make something happen to make sure that you won't get into that car. His eyes are fixed. When he makes sure that you will get into this situation, that may seem hot for you. He knows that it's preparing you for a level that you need to be in. Sometimes you must go through hard times so that when God takes you to a place of glory, you understand how to handle it. There are too many people who are premature getting to high places. Then when the foundations are being shaken, then everybody begins to say, what happened? It's because they were not cooked well. They weren't cooked well. They didn't go through the process. Where I'm coming from, my dad doesn't have any money. I mean, sorry, I mean, he's a good man. I love him. He's my, please, I hope nobody goes to go. I love him. But let's call it what it is. My dad didn't say, y'all take a thousand dollars to do true worship. No. He gave me the wisdom. He gave me prayer. And I thank God for that. But there's some things that I, go through, I went through that has helped me endure all these years. Bro, do you know how it feels? When you are working with somebody that you know doesn't like you, talks about you, you invite him to come and preach on your pulpit because God wants to. It's not a flesh thing. When God will tell you, sow a seed, sow a seed to this guy. I know this is what he said about me. God says, do it. He's teaching us how to let go of the flesh and how to let the spirit take away. It's a process. When, you're, when your best friends Turn their back on you. It's not to embarrass you. It's to take you to a place of glory. Amen. I guess my message, I know it's not a hype message, but it's something that we need to, if you want to go deep, it's not for everybody. If you want to eat Krispy Kreme at McDonald's every day, it's not for you. It's for those who are ready to lay their stomach aside and say, God, I want to feel you like Moses felt you. I want to feel you like how the people of old did it. They eat the same way we eat. They have the same blood we have. They use the bathroom, excuse me, the bathroom the same way we use it. They are humans. We can even do more than them. And I tell people that God is not trying to, when people turn their back against you, he's not trying to embarrass you. He wants to teach you that how will you handle, if you can't handle 12 people around you, that, that will bother you all. Even three people that will betray you. How will you handle a family? Uh, uh, how you handle a whole family? Where I come from, man? When <laughs> from Ghana? When we do um, when we have people come from Ghana, like say the dad will come first, then the dad will bring his brothers, his family, his wife, his own family, then his brothers, brothers, and all their family, and they can be all members at your church. One day, they could be the same family that will rise up against you and make a ministry so frustrating. And you can't handle what three people are doing. How can you handle when God gives? See, we pray we want 100,000 members. We want 1,000 members. We want 500. You can't handle three people turn against you. Then how can you handle when one half of your church says, we don't want to walk with you anymore? What would you do? God is preparing us sometimes for a greater glory. That is why, look, the Bible says when Jesus was picking his disciples, he was there and he prayed. The Bible, am I lying? It says he prayed. 
How can Jesus, the Son of God, pray? Kabados, Kapadi, Masuata. Father, bring them, bring the right people I need to work with. Then he still chooses a Judas. How? The Son of God. Who am I? If I pray God, send me destiny helpers. If Jesus was able to have one trader, then me, I'm sure all the 12, I have 11 traders. One, one good guy. But what I like about the scripture is what you see is that Judas was needed to bring Jesus to a place where he could bring us back to God. Some people will not be able to handle why. Why, Judas, I was with you. Can you believe that Jesus to the point made the same person that would betray him the treasure of his ministry? Jesus was basically setting Judas up to make sure that when you betray me, now I'm in position to know from now to later you'll betray me. So I'm building myself up to that day. Even when the Bible says when they were at the, the, um, the, Lord's, the Last Supper or in the table, and then he said, this person would betray me. Da, da, da. Then um, Peter said, no, no, we won't do it. And Jesus said he already knew that Peter was going to betray him. But the Bible says, but yet he still loved him. There's a level where you can love your enemies. It's a level. It's a level. And I'm not just talking to talk. Bro. I'm not just coming to talk. I, I'm talking about you work with, you look at somebody's face. You know they're lying to you about everything. And you're like, oh, really? Wow. Wow. Man, praise God. Praise God. Wow. God is good. And it's just training that, Lord, let my flesh die. That your spirit would always make way so that you can have your way. Because if your emotions get in the way of what God is doing, you mess up what God has for your life. The Bible says Lazarus was dead. No, he was dying. And the sister came to Jesus and said this. She said, Jesus, your loved one, Lazarus, is dying. Think about it. If you were Jesus and they said your loved one was dying and you knew you had what it takes in your hand to heal him right away, your emotions would have taken over and said, let's go to the house right now. Let me take care of it. But Jesus told the disciples, let's wait. The Bible says, and he tarried. Meaning that he purposely made a wait. He tarried. So that, why? So that the glory of the Lord will be seen. But if Jesus would have allowed his emotions to get the best of him, he would have cut off what God was trying to do. So trials and tribulations are necessary. If you want to get deep, if you want to experience the fullness of God, trials and tribulations are necessary. The third one, humility. Humility. You need to be humble. You need to be humble. Humble. It's a hard thing. It was a hard thing for me. You can ask this man. I used to think that I'm singing in big platforms, so what is Lynchburg to, to me when I'm preaching? To sing? I'm singing to like thousands of people. Charlie, God took me to a humility stage. So I'm not preaching something I don't know. I'm preaching something that I'm working towards and some things that I've been through. That he'll come be like, yeah, you're leading. I'm like, man, I got a program somewhere. He'll be like, man, but you're on program. Oh, man, whatever. Look, there's a time. I'm sorry to share the story. There's a time he asked me where I was like, can I come and lead worship somewhere? And I was like, I got a program in Maryland. I can't make it. And he was like, no, yeah, I need you here. I need you. And I'm like, nah, I'm sorry. I already took the program. Not knowing that I didn't hang up the phone. The man of God was still on the line. No, no, no. I think I hanged up, but my phone accidentally called you. Come and see me blasting the guy to my roommates. Oh. Hmm. Somebody say mercy. Huh. I'm like, yo, what's wrong with this guy, man? Like, yo, like, I'm going here. Why is he? And I was like, yo, he's hating on me, man. He's seeing that, like, yo, I'm going here. I'm going there. He's jealous, man. He wish he was. He, oh, Charlie, I'm a blasting the guy. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. I think he hanged up, right? And then I think, like, two hours later, he calls me. And he's like, <laughs> yo, Charlie, humility. My goodness. My God. The guy was like, yo. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm already mad from this. I'm like, yeah, man. You know, like, what's up? It's like, you know, <laughs> when you called me, you know, you, your phone called me again. I heard you talking about me to Isaac. I think it was Isaac at that time. Isaac. And I was like, oh, this whole year, man. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. 
I'm like, and the thing about it, when I, I keep making fun of he said, y'all, you know what I had to do? I had to go to the bush for one hour to pray. And I said, <laughs> you said there's a, there's, a, there's a forest in your house or something. You said, <laughs> I'll never forget that, man. <laughs> I had to go, I had to go and pray for one hour. And I told my wife, I said, like, man, what y'all, but the man forgave me. Me? If that was me? Nah, man. I would use you for preaching for three weeks, a three-week series. Three-week series on how some people are disobedient, some people don't listen. You know, but I saw humility to this man. That How can a young guy that, you know, your God has placed him under you, disrespect you like that, and you still have somewhere in your heart to say, I'm sorry. People, there are levels. I'm not talking, I was blasting the guy. I'm probably even giving you the G version of what I said. You know, I was, but ask yourself, if somebody that you train, you put money into, comes back and bites the hand that feeds it, it's, it's, it, you, I mean, I, if you want to be real, but I know you guys would be hurt, me, I, I would have been hurt. You know, but it's humility that when God gives you a trial or tribulation, God gives you a person, whatever, you have to be humble to say that I'm not at this level so I can't help this person. Sometimes when we see people, you know, I look at all these young people that come in to the Lord now and they, for like one or two years, they, they get on fire for God, right? Then they see people that were in the same situation as them. Look at the youth these days. They're just all about parties. They're all about this, about sex and da, da, da. And I'm like, but you two, you were just there two years ago. But now they've allowed their righteousness to make them proud. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. But we must be humble at all times. Because there's a people that God will want us to save. And it's not our good deeds that was, when I say good deeds, I mean it's not our self-righteousness, let me say, that will save these people. Sometimes we may have to come to the level of some people. That's why Paul said to the Romans, I mean, to, when I was in Rome, I actually like the Romans, right? You get what I'm saying? He, whatever he felt like, whatever position I'm in, wherever I find myself, I must come to the level of the people. Can you believe that the wise men, if you research about them, they are people that were heavy. I mean, heavy in money, influence, and knowledge. But God says, a baby is coming. And I've sent the baby. Right? Go follow the star and go to come and see this baby and give the baby gifts. Do you know how many people, if it was us, we are presidents of organizations, overseers of churches, and God tells us to go to Milwaukee and go and see a baby there or a small boy. He's now coming to be, coming to be the pastor of the Shepherd House Worship Center. Do you know how I even fight for Pastor Kwame? Like, how can you even give this church to that small boy? But if God says it, no, it's funny, but if God says it, it would take humility to say that even though it's not what I would want, no matter how God will come, if it's in a small baby or an old man, I'll take it like that. That's humility. And you can only go deep in God. You can only experience his fullness when you say that, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm yours. It's easier said than done. But saying that, Lord, whatever you say, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do, I'm yours. Now, Time is gone, so we're just going to go ahead and talk about just one more thing. And we've talked about how we can go deeper in God. But one thing I think that is stopping this generation is two things and stopping us from getting deeper in God and, so, and stopping us from experiencing the fullness of God. And that very thing is two things. One is sin. Sin robs you of your confidence in God. You can, you, can, you can be on fire for two years, commit one sin. It can backtrack you for four months before you're able to get back up again. You do one thing and you notice that you've lost your confidence in God. The Bible says that when Joseph was approached by, Pot, um, by Potiphar's wife, he had the opportunity to sleep with her. If he would have slept with her, I'm telling you, he would have never went to jail. He would have probably lived in the house, sleeping with her behind the back of, the, uh, of uh, Potiphar, and living a good life. 
but he would have missed where God wanted to place him. That's the most important thing. Sin robs you of your destiny. The devil doesn't want to kill you, like take your life away. I told the people in Canada that. The devil, that's too easy for him. People who want to torture you want to make sure you die slowly. The devil would want to see you miserable for years to the point that you take your own life. How do you do that? It's because whenever you miss your destiny, you can be making $200,000 a year and you still will fill a void. And you'll find everything in this world to try to fill it. Sex, drinking, partying, everything. And you notice it doesn't do anything. And the devil is watching you looking at it like, yes, he has isolated you because of your sin has kept you far from God. And for that reason, you miss out on what God has done. I, I tell people this, that, look, disobedience is to your disadvantage. Because if you disobey God, you are only delaying what he has for you. If he says move, you don't move, you don't obey, it's your fault. Abraham would have not been the father of many nations if he decided to stay where he was. The Bible says he obeyed. And tonight, God is calling us. Some of you know. Some of you know there's some things that God wants you to do. But you're afraid. You're not sure. And etc. And you're stuck in a certain sin that you think that. How can I be a voice for this generation when I find myself in this mess? But my Bible says that while Paul was on his way to Damascus. It wasn't that when Paul was already holy. The Bible says while Paul was on his way, Jesus decided to meet him. Tonight, if you are ready, God will meet you wherever you are and take you to the place he has called you to be. The power over sin is found in this grace and God gives this grace upon grace. And God is saying, don't let your sin get in the way. Look, when it comes to sex, it's only for a minute. And I mean, when I say minutes, right? Let me say minutes. Hours, whatever you want to say. But destiny is for a lifetime. Would you give up what you can enjoy for minutes for what you can enjoy for a lifetime? The second thing is doubt. Some of you, you may even be good. You don't sin. You love God. But you just doubt that God has really called me for something. Some of you guys just doubt. God, am I really the one that you want me to do this? Am I really the person that you've called? And Father, when I speak, I begin to stutter. And when I do this, you have so many excuses. But God is saying, if I have called you, I have already made provisions ahead of time to make sure. Look, the Bible says that Moses had an excuse, but God already prepared Aaron. That if you can't speak, then I'll let Aaron be your speaker. There is a preparation made for you. Everybody's life is different. God has what it takes for you to prosper, for you to prosper. You will notice you won't even clash in this world. God has everything set up for everybody. Some of you work together. Some of you work apart. Some of you work in groups. Some of you work alone. Whatever God has for you is in his, in, in, is in his plan. And you can only find it when you get deeper. So the only reason you have not gone far is because you've decided not to go deep. Everything in this world you think can be attained by your money? If that was the case, then CEOs of Fortune 500 companies will not be taking their life. There's something more than money. There's something more than degrees. I've seen people with degrees put their degree down to follow God. There's something more in life. And I'm telling you, it's something called peace of mind. It cannot be bought. It cannot be bought. Why is it that my dad can be living till 65 and a young man that is in his 40s making millions decided to take his life? The difference is peace of mind. It's not your tax bracket. Look, it's good to make money. I want to make money. I want to. But I'd rather have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I'd rather have that. Give me God and give me nothing else. I'll be fine. In God there is, look, the Bible says we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
So it means that everything we have, it is not a physical thing. Look, I like Simon. Pastor Simon said that when you have a physical thing, eh, a physical thing, it only means that we are supporting you. But when you have a spiritual blessing, only Jesus can give you that. If I give you Nana Bra thousand dollars, I've only supported you for a certain amount of time. But if God gives you His blessings, He's protected you for the rest of your life. So don't look at your house and say, I'm blessed. It's a lie. You are blessed and highly favored because you are in Christ Jesus. That is it. That in Him, grace is upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. In Him is the fullness of everything. So when you understand this, look, look, man of God doesn't know this. It's been some time that my contract has been up. I've not, I've not been working, but let me tell you something. I've been more prosperous than I ever was. I go to places. Look, this guy is here. I won't lie. He's standing, he invited me to his church yesterday. They only have about 50 to 70 people yesterday. Like, that showed up smart. If I tell you what they gave me, you open your mind be like, what? Like, I've been to churches that have thousands. You get like some 500, 600. For people, you walk out of a place and walk out with more than $2,000. Do you think it's, it's, it's people that bless or it's God? At the end of the program, people are just handing me money. Man of God, you bless me. Man of God, you bless me. Man of God, you've done this. Man of God, you've done... God bless. And, I, and I sat there and I'm like, I walked in this place in my head saying that to God, if I can just walk out with 400, I'm cool. So I can just go to Shepherd House, whatever we get, we match it, and I go and pay my bills. That's how we think in life. No, no, that's how we think. I'm just being honest. But God is saying, when you are in me, you are not just supported, you are blessed. No eye has seen, no any ear has heard. So what the Bible says, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So I was thinking 400, he was thinking 2,000 and over. So allow yourself to be led by the Spirit and you will see that what God has planned for you is better than what you wrote down in your, your diary. It will be better than what your parents put together for you. I'm sure Elder Robert is here. I'm sure he probably felt that his son would have been an elder in another church, a pastor in another church, and, and this and somewhere else, and, and probably a doctor in another hospital. I'm sure we all have our plans, but when you let God invade your life, what mommy and daddy says becomes secondary. What your wife says becomes secondary. You should be full of so much God that your wife would want to follow the same God you follow. I can't understand how we have ministers and you're sitting down, you're preaching, your wife is looking at you angry. You sow a certain seed and she's angry. Why? It means that they're not on the same level of spiritual frequency. So who you marry is important because you must be at the same level so you're not struggling every day. You will struggle in your relationship because you are not at the same place. You are going deeper and your husband wants to have sex. Why? Baby, don't you know, Sam, I'm trying to go deeper. And then when you come out, then you say, oh, we can do it. Then he's like, no, me, me too, I want to. No, there should be some level of understanding. That baby, it's scriptural, I'm sorry. In, Paul says in the Bible, don't even go too long. But make sure that you guys are in agreement. 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 Your children should be, look, I remember when his kids were in his wife's stomach. The guy would go and pray on his wife's stomach, and I'd be like, this guy's weird. You know, like, only because I never saw it myself, right? So I'm like, hey, this guy is over-spiritual. You know. But I've come to a place in God that when people call me over-spiritual, I take it as a compliment now. I used to think like, oh, man, they're making fun of me. But now when I listen to certain music, I can't even feel comfortable. If you are comfortable listening to certain music, wearing certain things, then it means that you have not come to a level where God will want you to be in. When, you're, when, you're, when you are high with God and you hear something, and it's not just music, you're watching news and they're reporting some nonsense, something that you should tell you to turn the TV off. It's a level. We must progress. We should be tired of this kindergarten Christianity. If you're looking for solutions, I'm telling you, Dr. Phil is there. Oprah Winfrey is there. But if you're looking for spiritual blessings and spiritual authority, looking for healing that only can come from above, then we must place a demand on God, first with our lives and then when we assemble together. Because the Bible says, when two or three agree and they are coming in my name, I am there, but I'm no longer seeing God. So what is the problem? 
Because if one man walks in this place and he's on a high level and we are all at one level low, we're just low, he would feel uncomfortable. He wouldn't even feel able to, 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 to operate how he want to operate. He may come and he may lay hands on people. May I have some, some people I used to look back in the days, they'll do some things in the room. I'm like, this guy's weird. But now I've grown. I'm listening to like, Lord, I'm sorry that I judged some people back then. But they just wanted to go deep in you. I'm sorry I'm talking long. I just really want to encourage somebody that there's a level that you must get to. That the world must see you different. You walk into your job, they must feel that there's something different about this girl. There's something different about this guy. The way you live your life, they, they should feel some way that they can't even curse around you. Like, no, 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 around this person, no, no, you can't. It's a level. Why waste your time, come to church, play drums, play keyboard, and go and do the same thing? Why? You're just wasting your time. You're just wasting your time. Let's be on our feet. Let's be on our feet. I don't want to talk too much. <laughs>